Hi, everybody, and welcome to With Love From Joe, a podcast where we navigate adulthood together. Okay, so it has been a while. It has been a while. I don't have really an excuse to give you, but that life has been a crazy roller coaster. We're back. And You know, I use this platform to obviously talk about adulthood and, you know, the experiences and milestones we go through. And I'm going through one of them. Today, we're going to talk about breakups. Breakups. I am probably going through one of the most hardest and toughest breakups that I've ever experienced. And so today, I wanted to talk about how to navigate the early phases of your breakup. And I just want to say that by no means am I a professional who is going to be able to give you all the help that you need to navigate your breakup if you were obviously in a very toxic relationship or you are having a lot of trouble moving on emotionally, please seek help. I am just sharing things that I know are holding me and grounding me at this moment in time, but this may not necessarily work for everybody. All right, so let's get started. So breakups are different, obviously, for everybody. Um, And especially when you go through a very tough breakup, you are trying to find answers everywhere. And I know that I am in no means to tell you that I'm coping beautifully or that I've surpassed my breakup. On the contrary, I have been struggling. And these are things that I find help me most days, not every day, because I'm not perfect. And it's just been, it's still very fresh. But these are things that I know have kept me slowly, but surely moving forward in my life. A lot of you guys are going to be saying, okay, why did she say the early phases of a breakup? The early phases of a breakup are truly the most intense. You obviously, healing is not a linear process. What I mean by that is at the beginning of your breakup, your highs and your lows will be consistent. Every day even you'll cry. I can truly say that I probably cry every night, but do I cry with the same intensity as I did the first night that I broke up with this person? Not necessarily. So what I mean by this, these early phases, is it's the most intense time of the breakup. It's trying to figure out how you're going to cope with this breakup, how you're going to figure out ways to move forward, how you're going to learn to live a life without this person. And this comes to a shock. So the early phases of a breakup are definitely the most intense. I just want to hear someone finally tell me what it really is like to go through the early phases And I want it to come from someone who hasn't necessarily gotten over their breakup because I can't relate with those people. Right now I'm hurting, so I'm going to relate with someone who's also hurting, but who was able to establish maybe little tips that will help me go through this hurt. If you hear anything in the background, it's my dog. He is sleeping. (laughs) First and foremost, I haven't completely, I'm still trying to figure things out, but These are little things that are keeping me going in life. So the first point that I have is that life does not wait for you. And that was the hardest part. When I broke up, 
and I'm going to try to spare a lot of details out of respect for the person that I was with. But after the breakup, the amount of hurt and sadness that I felt was overwhelming. And I can truly describe it as feeling broken. You feel broken and you feel empty, so numb, so empty. You cannot do your daily function, even waking up, eating, getting changed, taking a shower, going to work. I don't even have the mind, the mindset to do that. Sometimes you'll need a break. If you really believe that you're going to have zero productivity at your job because you're just truly that broken, then of course, you know, you can stay home. But my mom said, go to work, Joanna, because believe it or not, a distraction will help. But not only that, life goes on, like I said. Work will not wait for you. Deadlines will not wait for you. Time will not wait for you. This is time that you cannot get back. And the thing is, life keeps going. And if you decide to fall into that hole of sadness to the point where you're not able to accomplish your daily tasks, life will not wait for you and the consequences will be worse. So if you need help to get you out of that depression, to get you out of that anxious state, search for it. Because you need to be able to keep going in your daily life. Because if you don't, it hinders your finances, it hinders your well-being, and your ability to integrate yourself into society. And if it does, then you need help. One thing that really helped me is just going to work every day. Because that distraction helped me. I was able to sometimes forget about my reality that was happening because I was able to go to work rather than staying home and think every second about what had happened. The second thing is to focus on improvements of yourself. Breakups tend to give you the thought that you're not enough. And I recently had a lady come up to me in church and she said, can I pray for you? I guess she says, I guess she saw my face and I was very upset, but she, during this prayer, um, and you know, I'm a spiritual person, but you don't necessarily have to be spiritual person to understand this but during the prayer she asked me and said do you feel like you are not enough or has this situation made you feel like you are not enough and I said yes it did because truly after the breakup I start questioning what did I do wrong what could I have changed what why why wasn't I enough for the other person or why wasn't I enough to receive certain expectations that I needed from the relationship. So you start questioning yourself as a being. And this lady answered by saying, you need to switch your mindset into, I was enough, but now how can I fulfill myself to a greater version of myself? Turn your negative thinking of, I wasn't enough. I wasn't a good person. I wasn't blah, blah, blah. No. Change it to, you are enough. You were enough. And now after this experience, how can I be even better? So write down all of your goals that you've always wanted to accomplish and start accomplishing them so that you start feeling fulfilled. A, when I got back, I took 
a book, uh, just a journal, and I affirmed. I just wrote, I am enough, I am enough, I am enough. And I then wrote down two things that will drive me to become a better person, a better version of myself. I am enough, but how can I be a higher version of myself? And what's going to be my motivating factor? So my motivating factor was God and my mom and dad, because I don't want them to see me sad. And I think you also have to think of yourself as a young version of yourself, maybe. And if that younger version of you were to come to you and say, I'm not enough, you would want to look at this young version of you and say, you were always enough. Another way of seeing this is looking at your mom and dad and seeing you through their eyes. You will always be enough for your parents and you're breaking their hearts by thinking you're less because you aren't. You are a product of their love. So those were my two motivating factors and I wrote down all the goals that I wanted to accomplish, all the things that I wanted to change or better about myself and Every day I open that book and I remind myself who I'm doing it for. The third point is to fill the void with healthy habits. So when you first break up with someone, you are detaching yourself from a significant part of your life. You know, this person was someone you called in the morning, someone you called after a big event, someone you did... um, you know, some, someone you made dinner with, someone you sat down with and watched TV with for hours and talked about certain topics, they were part of you and now they're gone. And so readjusting to that new life of you being alone feels at times like there's a big void right in the middle of your heart, a big empty space. And a lot of times after relationships, after breakups, A lot of times after breakups, you try to fill this void with immediate gratification. And sometimes immediate gratification is not necessarily the healthiest way to fix your void. It's a temporary fix, like a drug. Right? So some people go partying. Some people spend a lot of money. Some people start going on dates right away. And I and I did. I went on one date and regretted it because I thought to myself, I just wasn't ready. Why would I do that to someone else? But also, why would I do that to my own heart? And so start filling that void with a healthy habit. Not a distraction because you don't want to distract yourself. What happened, happened. But what are you going to fill yourself with? So... A lot of people will fill this void with self-reflection is a big one. Uh, For me, it was, you know, obviously praying and finding, you know, values and lessons from, you know, God. But I don't want this to just be a spiritual or, uh, you know, based on religion, because I know that there are many of you out there who perhaps do not identify with that or, you know, do not relate. So self-reflection is huge, right? Filling the void with yourself um, and learning about yourself, learning about your feelings, learning about your company, learning about what you love, learning about how you're feeling. And you can do this by meditating. You can do this by journaling. Journaling was huge. Understanding my feelings and why I felt those feelings and kind of 
picking them apart this is huge and I still do it like there are times where I want to just I feel the void I feel the person's absence so much and I don't understand why they're not there why they're not coming back why they're not reaching out and so I write I write I write my feelings I write how I should be looking at it from an outsider looking in and this self-reflection helps to fill that void in a very healthy way. It also helps learn, it also helps you learn about yourself. Just fill that void with something that has substance and is not just immediate gratification. And that will make you a better person every time you practice that action to fill the void. Hope that makes sense. That was very deep. That was very broad. But honestly, filling the void is very, it's tailored to everybody. Um, surround yourself with loved ones. This one is huge. This one is so, so, so important. I could not have done this alone. I know that when I broke up, there was a moment where my mom held me and I just needed that I needed that love I needed that protection because you feel so vulnerable when you break up you are so small and my mom's presence holding presence holding me and just listening to her voice and just knowing that I'm not alone because she's there I think at that moment, I could truly say, probably saved me. But beyond that, I'm the kind of person who, and it's taken me a long time to talk about this openly, but who won't tell others because it's embarrassing or because I don't want to do, you know, get, become a burden to others. But when I wouldn't talk and when I would be stuck with my own thoughts, at times that was the worst. There are times where I need to be alone and let emotions out. But when I'm alone and rethinking and rethinking and getting myself into a negative and digging myself into a negative cycle, then being with loved ones helped me the most. Because at times if I'm not able to give myself love, because there are many times during a breakup where you won't be able to, I have turned to loved ones and they have given me the reassurance, the love, the care, tender you know support and just being with these wonderful friends and and family that have been my rock every day getting my mind off of what really happened or you know trying to work through feelings together this has helped me that community that help letting your feelings out and trying to work through feelings and and someone to just hold you whether it is physically or just through you know, constant support, you need that. And I've moved in with my parents just recently for a, a bit because I needed to be surrounded by them for a bit to just kind of get back on my feet again in terms of, you know, emotionally. And friends too. Every day, you know, sometimes work is hard and just having them call you, you just, I've just found the most amazing friendships to get me through this the fifth one 
was the hardest one. And it's the one that I have learned to do. It's feel. It's feel the pain. (laughs) I don't, I've never heard myself cry this way. It's like it comes from deep, deep down, right at the pit of my stomach. It feels like I have no more breath. I couldn't stop myself and it just come came right out. And I thought at that point, that was it. I'm not ever going to cry like this again. But there is this certain cry that when I start noticing that I'm angry, that I'm frustrated and I'm bothered, I need to sit down and just feel the pain. Because the pain is making me angry. The pain is making me just become angry. I have a negative energy. And I need to just feel the pain. And what I've heard from a podcast say was, in order to get past it, you need to go through it. And so recently, I have, whenever I feel, you know, or I think back to what happened and I try to push aside my frustrations and my fear, I just sit down in my car and I cry. But it's a different type of cry. It's a cry that comes from deep, deep within. And I let myself feel this pain. I let myself feel, like truly feel. And I know that if anybody else were in that car with me, they would think that there was a murder happening or whatever. I truly let it all out. And I wail. Like I have never cried like this before in my life. I probably have when I was little, but I let myself feel. And as I let myself feel, things become clear. I tell myself, you know, I miss him. I miss this. I miss, like, I missed, I miss this person. But I don't want to go back to them. And it's these thoughts that come with the pain that after the crying is done, things are more clear. And it feels like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. And then the next time you cry, it's a little less than the time before. Maybe just as intense, but it's a bit shorter. And it gets better and better. And things get clearer and clearer. And it actually helps me let go. By feeling the pain, like truly, truly feeling the pain, it's excruciating. But it also makes me realize how much I need to let go. And every time I cry, I'm that much closer to completely letting go. I feel myself become stronger. And I feel myself wanting less and less of this person. The sixth one is your feelings do not define you. Your feelings, sadness, hurt, rejection, don't define you. At the beginning, I was so depressed. At the beginning, I was so sorry for myself that I had, that I wouldn't get out of bed for the whole day. I wouldn't eat for hours I was so sad and I would sob little by little I would just it was a constant trickle of cries throughout the day because I felt sorry for myself I let my feelings define me as a person rejection sadness disappointment fear hurt these were all defining me as a person and I became a negative image of myself but Feelings are a state. State changes. They change, right? 
So I have to, I had to understand that my feelings didn't define me. My feelings were defining the pain that I I was feeling. But as a person, I am strong. I am beautiful. I am capable. I am smart. I am funny. My state is sad. But my person is strong and beautiful and can move past this. And when I changed that mindset, I no longer fell into that depressive state anymore. And it may be easier said than done. But it was a great sentence that helped me change my mindset. We have arrived to the two last ones. The second last one is a bit difficult for me because I know for a fact that I haven't truly accomplished this the way that I would want to. But no contact is so hard, man. So hard because you're playing all of these scenarios in your head of what they could be doing. They hate you. They don't like you. They moved on. Human minds are trained to find solution to everything. So when we are not having direct contact, direct communication, direct answers from this person, our mind will start working to try to find solutions that at times may not be realistic. However, what no contact does help me do or does help everyone do is to start moving on with life. No contact helps you heal from these very intense emotions. Also, no contact helps the other person heal. You can't heal in just a month. You can't heal in two. Give yourself that space so that you know that you have truly changed. And maybe you'll never break that no contact. Maybe you'll never talk with them again. But throughout that time, you were able to clearly work on yourself without having the influence of this person in your life. And the last but not least is creating a routine, which I don't have yet, but I've slowly created it. But it's creating that routine. That is the only sense of control you have at this point in your breakup. Routine. Waking up, and and you know, it's actually working a little bit. I'm getting to work a bit earlier, but waking up early, working on those goals. What are you going to do with those goals? Making your meal prep, going to work, coming back, doing the gym, blah, 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 which I haven't done at all. But I think less about this person when I have a good routine going on. Because that's the only thing I can control. That was my episode for today. Hopefully those are little tiny tips that may help you if you're going through a breakup. I do, again, want to emphasize that by no means am I you know, do I have the hang of this? In no means am I thriving in my breakup phase. That's not true. I genuinely know that every day is another little battle with it myself. But these are things that I notice that actually are keeping me moving forward. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this, this episode. Please be sure to like this podcast, like the episode, uh, leave a review if you'd like. Um, and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.